Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to OneChurchVB.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. Here at One Church, we believe your tithes should belong in your home church. If you feel led to give, tithes and offerings can be contributed online through the Venmo app, available both on Apple and Google. Just search for One Church VB to find us today. You are now about to hear a special presentation from Pastor David Baird. Please enjoy. Hey, One Church, Pastor David here. It's such an honor to be with you today and uh, to be part of this team uh, led by uh, Pastor Wally and uh, uh, Pastor Rick. Uh, Great messages each week. I hope you're being fed with the Word of God, and I hope you're doing something with that feeding, and I know you are. And One Church is a church that has the community at heart. And uh, here in the Thanksgiving and then the Christmas season, I would just encourage you to plug in, be a part. Even though we're not meeting in person, there's still ministry going forward, still outreach into our community. And you can find out uh, what One Church Virginia Beach is doing. And I would just continue to say there's power in the gathering. And even when we can't gather in person like we historically have done, we can gather here online. And, and don't just be a, a, you know, someone that watches. Uh, you could watch any preacher or any, any kind of broadcast, but be a participant. Uh, say something in, in the comments. Identify yourself. Let us know uh, who you are and uh, where you're watching from. And uh, maybe if something affects you doing the message today, let us know. And uh, that way we can interact more. And uh, we just pray for One Church Virginia Beach, the core group here, all the leaders. We pray for healing where healing is needed, encouragement where there's discouragement. And um, I I just say to you, One Church Virginia Beach, the best is yet to come. Now, as has already probably been said by Taylor, don't forget your giving. Uh, you can give online. There's a way right on the screen that you can stay faithful as part of the One Church family. And hey, if you're our guest today, no expectation from you, but we are glad that you're here. Hey, we're going to worship together, and then I'm going to come back and preach a message out of Galatians 6 that I'm calling Bones and Burdens. I'll explain. I hate religion, and I get a chance today to tell you uh, the difference in being religious and being truly spiritual. And we'll be right back in a minute, but let's worship the Lord together. Speechless, undone. 
Far above what I deserve You keep telling me 
Galatians chapter 6, I want to read verses 1 through 5. Now, understand where this comes, because there are no chapter divisions in, in the original uh, manuscripts. Uh, Paul has just finished talking about not being conceited, not having vain glory, not provoking one another, not being at odds with one another. The, the person that is led by the Spirit responds differently than the person who is led by the flesh. And so he picks it up now in chapter 6 by saying, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin. Now, we, we act like that's a startling thing. You know, I'm telling you, if it, was, if it was something that hardly ever happened, Paul wouldn't be talking about it right in prime time, uh, you know, Scripture writing space. But this is right as we're getting ready to close this incredible book of Galatians. He says, look, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, see, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Turn to somebody you're watching this with right now and say, gently. Look at them in the eye and say, be gentle with me. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And we know that the law of Christ is all summed up in one word. That's love. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride, this is the good kind of pride, in themselves alone without comparing themselves. Wow, if there's anything that will take you out, it's comparison. Without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. I said I'm going to talk about bones and burdens uh, because these are the two uh, things I, I want to kind of highlight out of this passage that I believe give us the proper distinction between whether we are being led by our flesh, doing it our way, or whether we are being led by the Spirit. In other words, are we religious? Because religion always boast about what we can do in order to find God. But the truly spiritual person realizes there is nothing we can do. You know, I've heard some people say, well, if you get too caught up in the grace message, you, you, you really won't be spiritual. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll end up losing it. I think just the opposite. I think true spirituality always flows out of the grace message. In other words, if we don't understand the grace of God and what God has done for us, then we're, we're only going to be strong in our own strength and we'll end up losing out. That's called religion. Or we'll become truly spiritual. And spirituality always 
if it's biblical, spirituality involves how we treat our neighbor. It involves how we treat someone else. Spirituality is not how many scriptures you've memorized. It's not how holy you think you are. It's not how self-righteous you think you are. That's repugnant to me because none of us are righteous. None of us are holy. We've all messed up. But Paul kind of takes this to a level that I think is very important. What he's saying, instead of being conceited, instead of being, you know, in this competition with each other for who's going to win and who's going to lose, who's going to get ahead and who's going to fall behind, who's going to follow the flesh and who's going to follow the spirit. Paul now says, look, if someone is caught in a sin, and that connotates community, that connotates we've got to be in relationship one with another to know one another. Uh, Paul says if somebody is caught in a sin, if you are truly spiritual, you will restore that person. And that's what I'm going to talk about in a second. That's why I call this message bones and burdens. We're going to restore each other, and we're going to do it with a spirit of gentleness. Uh, gentleness and kindness is the outworking of our faith. If we truly understand that we are saved by grace, it's going to produce a gentleness that maybe we didn't have before. We're not talking about our personality here. We're all, we all have different kinds of personalities, and, and you really can't affect that. Uh, you know, our personality is affected by how we were raised. It's affected by lots of things. But when Christ comes into our life, when the grace of God takes hold of our life, when this great message of grace that the book of Galatians is all about takes hold of us, then it's going to produce what I call a supernatural gentleness. And that really comes into effect when you're dealing with a brother or sister, someone in our spiritual family that goes through a fall, that goes through, they're overtaken with a great fall to a great sin. We see it all the time. Pastors who fall, immorality, drugs, lots of things that can cause men and women of God to have a fall. And isn't it interesting that whenever somebody falls, especially a prominent leader, you know what we tend to do? We'll say, well, that person will never be the same. Well, that's coming out of a religious mindset when that is said. And I hate religion. I hate what it does. Religion never restores anybody. Uh, all religion will do to a fallen person is take them captive and make them part of their system of subjugation. And we tell these people they'll never be the same, but if they'll follow us and come under our influence and join our denomination or join our group, then, then, then we'll give them a future, but it won't be like it was before, and all of a sudden we create a new kind of bondage. That's exactly what happens. But Paul is saying here, you, you're right. When the religious people say a fallen leader will never be the same or a fallen Christian will never be the same, they're actually speaking prophetically because Paul uses a very interesting term. 
for uh, a person that is being restored uh, once they fall. And he's telling us as the church, as brothers and sisters, to restore these people. He says, look, if a person is overtaken in a sin, you that have the right kind of spirituality, restore. And it's the word that's used for the mending of a net, but it's also used for the resetting of a dislocated bone. Uh, when uh, uh, someone dislocates a bone and, and that bone needs to be put back into place, uh, let me just say, dislocation is very painful. And one of the problems when we see a brother or a sister who has so much potential fall, we see that their passions got dislocated. We see that their intentions got sidetracked. And none of us are above the fall. We can all, and that's why you've got to test your own actions constantly. Paul says that in chapter 3. I'm not preaching a lot about it, but he says every man should test their own actions. And, and by the way, gossip that ensues when somebody falls into sin, particularly a, a pastor or a leader, is actually one of the worst kinds of sins. And I think we've all kind of been guilty of that at one time or another, but spiritual people don't gossip. Religious people thrive on gossip. So I want to get all that religion out of me. I don't care how old I am. I want religion to go, and I want spirituality to come. But the word is used for setting a dislocated bone back into place. It's to put a, a, a bone back into place, and actually the process of being restored will be painful, uh, just as the dislocation itself is painful. When we see a person fall into sin, how sad it is, how painful it is. And even the process of, of, of being restored, well, there'll be pain inflicted, but I'd rather have pain that's leading to restoration than pain that's leading to destruction. It's going to be painful either way. And that's why, because it's painful, we need brothers and sisters to come along who can bear the burden. I'll say more about that in just a second. So when someone falls into a sin, we are to comfort. We are not to look down upon them. We are to bear under, we are to go with that person into the painful act of restoration, realizing that that person is going to come out stronger than they were before because the same term that's used for resetting the bone lets us know that once the bone is reset, once a broken bone heals, it's stronger than it was before. So that's just the opposite of what religion teaches. Religion teaches that if you have a fall into sin, you'll never be the same. We agree you'll never be the same, but we're saying you're going to be better because when you get restored properly, you'll always have a humility where you didn't, when you did not have that before. In fact, arrogance leads to the fall. And many Christians, they never get their arrogance washed away. They never get it taken away. But I'm telling you, when you go through a fall, there's something about that arrogance that gets addressed in humility. And when you have to depend on someone else to help you, and you come out of that stronger than when you were before, I'm telling you, you'll be a different person. So I'm just here tonight to tell One Church Virginia Beach and anyone who's watching, yes, that person that's fallen will 
will never be the same. But if they get surrounded by truly spiritual people who restore them, it's like the bone that gets restored. You're going to be stronger than you were before. So there is hope for anyone who's watching that's had a fall. So many people have gotten dislocated from the body of Christ. They've gotten dislocated from the, the fellowship of the saints because of their sin and because of their transgression and their fault. But I'm telling you, God always, because of his grace, has a plan to restore. And that should bring encouragement to every one of us tonight. And by the way, if you're praying for somebody that you know or you know of who's fallen, this should encourage you tonight that it's not over. It's not over not only until the fat lady sings, it's not over until God has the last word and he will use people in even a greater way. They may never have the publicity. They may never have the religious affirmation. But again, we're not into religion. We're into religion relationship. And then Paul says, as, as brothers and sisters, we're not only restoring the person, we are bearing each other's burdens, or we are carrying each other's burdens. To me, this is, because um, he says, you fulfill the law of Christ. Now, back in the previous chapter, chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, Paul says that uh, we are to serve one another in love. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, and that is love your neighbor as yourself. So this is kind of the same inference here in Galatians 6.3, Galatians 6.2 and 6.3, where Paul is saying, bear or carry each other's burdens. Let, let me say it like this. Um, the Judaizers who were following Paul around and trying to caused the Galatian Christians to go back to religion, to go back to the law, uh, they specialized in putting people under a heavy burden, under a, a burden that, that ladens them down, that, that actually causes them to, to, to not have freedom. That's what religion does. That's what the law does. And Paul is admonishing throughout Galatians, don't go back to that church. And so what, what he's saying here, I think it's actually a play on words. The, this word burden that was so important, re religion brings a burden, it, a heavy laden burden, it, it, a burden that causes people to, to, to cower over under the, the pressure of trying to live up, trying to perform. Here, Paul is saying, do the opposite. Instead of bringing people under a burden, as the Judaizers were saying, he's saying, look, even if somebody in the community of faith sins, uh, you're going to restore them, and you're going to carry their burden, which means to lighten their load. Your job is to lighten their load. Uh, you, you see, in uh, this kind of uh, bearing burden means you get under the heavy weight of their sin. And you bear it with them. And I would admonish you, you cannot help with a burden unless you come very close to the burden, to the person that's been demonized, the person that's been vilified, the person that's sinned. Unless you get in their shoes and unless you put your own strength under their burden so that their burden can be lighter, you're not going to be able to help them. 
But if you'll actually say, look, I'm coming beside you. I'm not asking questions. I'm not condemning you. But I'm going to help bear your burden. Then the burden of sin is lifted off of the person who's fallen. And so what we've done, we've restored the person in gentleness. And we have borne their burden That's why I'm calling this message Bones and Burdens because that's how we are to interact with our brothers and sisters. All the while testing our own actions. All the while taking pride in our own humility. Understanding that we haven't arrived but we're taking responsibility. In fact, uh, some people get confused and I'll kind of say this before I close. In verse 2, Paul says, bear one another's burdens. And then in verse 5, in, in the King James, every man was bear their own burden. There are two different words in the Greek language. So they're not contradictory statements. When Paul says, bear each other's burden, he's saying, get under the load with your fellow man that's in trouble. But in verse 5, every man was bear his own burden. It's almost like a backpack. Uh, the, the first word is, is more like this heavy load, but uh, the word in verse 5 is more like carry your backpack. In other words, be responsible for your own life. Why? Because Jesus has died on the cross for us, and he's given his life, and he's created a, an opportunity for us to leave religion and enter into relationship, to, lead, to, to leave living according to the flesh, and to enter into a life of true spirituality. So my prayer, One Church Virginia Beach, is that we'll all be equal at the foot of the cross, not condemning one another, but actually comforting, bearing the burden, and even if somebody gets in a a troubled place, they get in a sinful place, uh, we're gonna help bear their burden. One thing I do wanna say to everybody is an admonition. Don't try to do life alone, because when you fall, you'll be left alone. And the burden will be too great for you to carry. But if you're in community, particularly a grace-filled community, we'll be able to bear your burden. You can help bear mine. And together, we'll become the people that God wants us to be. And there'll be no dislocated bones left on the side of the road. Man, I curse religion because religion doesn't restore. Peter got restored by Jesus. I don't think anybody's done anything worse than cursing Jesus and denying him. Man, that's about as bad as it gets. But yet Jesus, what did he do? He bore Peter's burden. Took him through a painful process because restoration can be painful. But on the other side, Peter becomes better than he was before. The bone healed and it was stronger. And the same can be true in our day. That's what we believe. That's why, that's why we put so much emphasis on grace and not on works, on being truly spiritual, not just being religious. I want to pray with you in closing. And let, let me just, um, wherever you're watching from, right now, if, if you are dislocated from the body of Christ, my prayer is that today you're not going to isolate yourself one more day, but you're going to run to us, not away from us. You're going to find somebody that understands grace. And there's no better place to find that than right here at One Church, Virginia Beach. So would you pray with me right now? A very short prayer. Jesus, for anyone who's watching today, who's away from you, 
not in a relationship with you right now. We just say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God, you will save us right now. You say, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then, God, for those watching today, I feel like there's two, three, four, five who are dislocated in their walk with you, dislocated from a, a body of believers. We're trying to do the Lone Ranger thing, and that never works because the burden just weighs us down. God, I pray today that we're going to get reset. And I pray that we're going to find brothers and sisters who understand what Paul was teaching. And we're going to live this out. And we're all going to be restored in a gentle way in Jesus' name. We love you. We love you here at One Church Virginia Beach. If we can help you anyway, let us know. Have a wonderful week. Have a great Thanksgiving. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.